dedicated to the BNT family. This podcast covers stories from BNT and Bevel High School. We are Bevel New Tech. Nate Campbell and my name is Richard Frederick. We are working together to present to the BNT podcast listeners on what it is like for Frederick Douglass. He is a major pillar that upheld the confidence and hopes of the many slaves that were aware of his efforts. Frederick Douglass was born in 1818, Talbot County, Massachusetts. He barely knew his mother because she lived on a different plantation and died when he was a young child. Her name was Harriet Bailey. She named her son Frederick Augustus Washington Bailey. He never discovered the identity of his father, nor did he get the chance to meet or know him. However, when he turned eight years old, his slave owner hired him out to work as a body servant in Baltimore. Frederick decided to take the last name Douglas later on and worked under Captain Aaron Anthony. In the year of 1825, Captain Anthony often hired slaves from others, but decided to send off Frederick to Baltimore, Maryland. His temporary owner had the name of Hugh Auld in his family. To have more foresight, Frederick struggled as a child, not just because of the times in which racism existed, but he had to adjust to the multiple environments he was in. The Alts treated their slaves not as badly as families in the South. But Miss Auld taught Douglas how to read and write until her husband commanded her not to. During the death of Captain Anthony, his son-in-law took ownership of Frederick Douglass. Then, he was hired out to a professional slave breaker that is known for weakening the confidence slaves have to resist. Unfortunately, he was whipped constantly for weeks until he fought back against those who whipped him, from being sent back to Baltimore to now being sent to the shipyards by the Alds. He had the opportunity to escape, My thoughts have gave me the conclusion that this was the beginning of his path into freedom. He went through so much anger and pain to get to the place he was. Leaders have to experience a difficult time in their life before they take a change and lead. The suffering Douglas went through from Captain Anthony and his son-in-law is what makes a difference in Douglas's choices to become a leader. Following the beginning chapters of his life, there was a good portion of time in when he took away his slavery title and fought for many others, which is going to be read by Richard. Going to the shipyards in 1838, he borrowed identification papers of an African-American sailor. He used those papers to pass himself off as a sailor, which resulted in his his escape to New York. Leading on, he married a free African-American woman from the South. They settled in New Bedford, Massachusetts, where several, several of their children were born. Douglas made a life for himself, and it seems bold that he made all these decisions on his own. Personally, I wouldn't have thought of making the tough decisions that comes with high risk, but I believe that there could also be another type of way in which there is availability to be free from slavery. Douglas tried to make a living doing manual labor, and he quickly became involved in the anti-slavery movement that was gaining strength in the North. At the time of 1841, an at an abolitionist meeting took place in Nantucket, Massachusetts. 
and he delivered a moving speech about his experiences as a slave, and was immediate, immediately hired by the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Society to give lectures. Douglas was an ex excellent speaker overall. His speeches were well thought out and powerful, and he was able to inspire those who heard him. Some Harvard University students who had heard him speak were so impressed that they persuaded him to write an autobiography. The narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass was published in 1845. Ten years later, an enlarged autobiography, My Bondage and My Freedom, appeared, his third autobiography. Life and Times of Frederick Douglass was published in 1881 and enlarged in 1892. <laughs> Publishing these books was a dangerous move for Douglass, since it called attention to him and placed him in danger of being recaptured and returned to slavery. I believe Douglas should not have uh, three biographies out because even, ha even having the first one was risky. Fearing the thought of being captured, Douglas fled to Britain and resided there from 1845 to 1847 to speak on behalf of abolition and to earn him enough money to purchase his freedom once he returned to America. Upon his return to America, Douglas settled in Rochester, New York and st started a newspaper, North Star, which called for an end to slavery. The paper would continue to be published under various names until 1863. After slavery, Douglas had five children, Rosetta, Lewis, Frederick, Charles, and Annie. After finding employment as a laborer, Douglas began to join abolitionist meetings and speak about his experiences in slavery. He eventually gained a reputation as an orator, giving him a job as an agent for the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Society. The job took him on speaking tours across the North and Midwest of the country. He embraced the women's rights movement, helped people on the Underground Railroad, and supported anti-slavery political parties, once an ally of William Lloyd Garrison and his followers. Douglas started to work more closely with Garrett Smith and John Brown. Douglas has also worked very hard. In my opinion, he seems to be the brains of what the Underground Railroad needed during the struggle. It shows the quality effort of determination he had. In 1861, the nation erupted into civil war over the topic of slavery. Frederick Douglass worked day and night to make sure that emancipation would be one of the war's outcomes. He recu recruited African-American men to fight in the U.S. Army, including two of his own sons who served in the famous 54th Massachusetts Volunteer Infantry. When black troops protested, they were not receiving pay and treatment equal to that of white troops. Douglas met with President Abraham Lincoln to advocate on their behalf. As the Civil War progressed and emancipation seemed imminent, Douglas intensified the fight for equal citizenship. At this point, he was taking advantage of the situation and struck. He argued that freedom would be empty if former slaves were not guaranteed the rights and protection of American citizens. A series of post-war amendments sought to make some of these tremendous changes. So the first one is the 13th Amendment, which was ratified in 1865 and abolished slavery. The 14th Amendment, which was ratified in 1868, granted national birthright citizenship. And the 15th Amendment, ratified in 1870, stated that nobody could be denied voting rights on the basis of race, skin color, 
or previous servitude. There are other accomplishments that Douglas had. He served under five presidents as U.S. Marshal for D.C. from 1877 to 1881. He was a recorder of deeds for D.C. from 1881 to 1886 and minister, resident, and consul general to Haiti from 1889 to 1891. Significantly, he held these positions at a time when violence and fraud severely restricted African-American political activism. And on February 20th, 1895, Douglas attended a meeting for the National Council of Women. He had returned home to Cedar Hill in the late afternoon and was preparing to give a speech at a local church when he suffered from a heart attack and passed away. Douglas was 77. He still is an amazing historical figure that has changed what America is like. Frederick Douglass made a change, a change that can inspire anyone to do the same. And Richard will give the a few more accomplishments of what Douglass have done. So a couple of Frederick Douglass's accomplishments would be, in 1877, Douglass was appointed by President Rutherford B. Hayes, 1822 to 1893, to the post of U.S. Marshal for the District of Columbia. His second accomplishment, the creation of his three autobiographies. Lastly is a quote from his famous speech, The Hypocrisy of American Slavery in 1852. Whether we turn to the declarations of the past or to the professions of the present, the conduct of the nation seems equally hideous and revolting. America is false to the past, false to the present, and solemnly binds herself to be false to the future. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Frederick Douglass, and have a nice day.